No. No. Excuse me. Uh, yeah? You're Dan, aren't you? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, do I know you? May I? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, look, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude. Uh, I'm actually just trying to get some work done here. Uh-huh, and are you getting any work done? Uh, well, I, I guess I was taking a little break on my phone. Ah, yes. There you go. I saw that. Scrolling through the feeds, enjoying some of the fine offerings of the content ecosystem. That's uh, it's one way of putting it, sure. And uh, did you find the inspiration you were looking for in there? I can't say that I... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Again, who are you? Ah, don't worry about who I am. The real question, Danny boy, is who are you? <laughs> oh, all right. Now, wait. How do you know my name? Oh, I know more than that, my friend. Tell me something. You are a podcaster, correct? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a writer, too, I'd like to think. Good, good, great, great, multi-talented. And I take it you're uh, self-promoting up on your socials, you got an Insta, a TikTok, all that? Um, yeah, I'm working on it, yeah, yeah. There you go, that's what I'm talking about. Taking initiative, employing modern promotional strategies. Now, I bet you like to know what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah, you could, uh... You could say that. Ah, yes. But anyone can say anything, can't they? Words can be funny that way. Complexity of language and all that. <laughs> sure, yeah. What do you want from me? You had a podcast, didn't you? Which you recently, uh, quit? Well, I wouldn't say I quit. I just... You know, felt like things had run their course. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. What an interesting way to word that. Okay, so uh, tell me what you're working on now. Uh, what you were working on before you got sucked into your little phone there, so to speak. Give me a, your elevator pitch. Wow me. Go on. Uh, all right, yeah, okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I've been fascinated lately with the, you know, the amount of lies out there, the misinformation, just... You know, the, the mountain of bullshit, you know? So uh, I want to dive into all the different ways that people lie and the ways they get lied to, the scams, the con artists, the manipulators, just really dissect the whole thing from both sides. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, that's my floor. Off to my Netflix executive luncheon. Bye-bye once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <sighs> Danny boy, work with me here. You gotta be faster. Keep it light. Keep it snappy. You're not here to teach people. You're here to entertain people. I'd like to think that I'm capable of doing both. Come on. Have you even consulted with your podcasting thought leaders? I'll have you know I've subscribed to a number of newsletters. Ugh. Reading. 
people don't want to read either. You know what people want? What they've always wanted? A uh, 10 second adorable cat videos? Well, uh, well, yeah, actually, funny guy. You're right. People want the same thing they've had a thousand times before. There's your lesson in truth, buddy boy. The world is complicated and scary. And people, well, they want what's going to make them feel less scared. There, I just saved you 10 episodes of research. <laughs> well, look, call me stubborn, I guess. You're stubborn. I just have to believe that there's more to it than that. There's got to be. I just, I, I, I can't seem to figure out where to start. Ah, stymied by the creative process. Writer's block. Classic problem. I can see you're not gonna let this go. Tell you what, maybe there's a way we can uh, help each other out. Help each other? Uh-huh. And, and how exactly is that going to work? You need to break through this roadblock of yours. And I'm, well, I'm in the business of uh, seeing that content gets made. So how about this? You chase your little white rabbit of truth and lies and all that good honorable stuff. And I, I'll help you sell it. Make it more, uh, <laughs> palatable for the masses who gather to listen. So, would I be hiring you or are you hiring me? Let's just say we're hiring each other. And forget about money. This'll be one of those, uh, labor of love type operations. Sorry. But I, I don't know you. You walk in here out of nowhere and, and, and what? We're just supposed to be besties? <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, could I perhaps offer you a little something to set us off on the right foot? What is this? The, what, paper? No airdrops? You ever heard of Google Drive? This is your first lead, detective. Seriously? This, this is what you want me working on? Hey, I was as surprised as you are, but I go where the content goes, baby. And this so happens to be the word of the day. Uh, okay. And should I submit this episode to you in a JPEG? Would you prefer a collection of reaction gifts, maybe? Oh, look at the funny man. Save it for the studio. Speaking of which, uh, where will we be making all this podcasting magic? Are you just going to sit in this cafe day after day? You know, it gets pretty pricey buying all these, uh... What is this, anyway? An Americano. Hey, what, wait, wait, what, what the... F mm, not bad, though. Wait, 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 what, are you, what are you talking about, we? Well, sure. I mean, I need to monitor my little investment. You do the legwork. I'll be, uh, around, let's just say, to help with the, uh, finer points. And spice it all up if needed. Oh, and do me a favor. Would you keep it short, concise, to the point? Don't drone on like you're accustomed to. Hey! I don't drone. I've heard some of your work, all right? Keep it to a tight 30 minutes. Otherwise, my attention span, it's just, uh... Eh, well, you, you get it. All right, now, let's see what you can uncover on your little journey for truth. Onward, ho! <sighs> yeah, all right, all right. Aye, aye, Captain. <sighs> what am I getting into? <clears throat> I can hear that. 
Content Media in association with Fighter Productions. This is Part Now, Episode 1 The Meme Machine. All right. Where do I begin with all of this? All right. This is a story about memes. <laughs> memes. Memes? <laughs> That's right. Memes. The pictographic language of the internet infosphere. The ultimate. Hey, am I doing the show or are you? Sorry. Sorry. But uh, hell, if you're going to do it, do it already. Boil it down. Simplify. All right. Yeah. All right. That is true. But. First, you know, you got to shut up for a minute. This is, this is, this is about how people talk to each other. Yeah. It's about how we pass ideas along from one person to the next. I mean, that's what memes are, right? Passing an idea, a joke, a tweet, a picture, a wildly biased political ideology, anything relatable that moves from one person to the next. You're right. It's a kind of language. Now you're cooking. So in today's tech-driven world, there are a billion ways to communicate. And memes are just one of those many ways. And given how many we all see on the daily and how fast they can be created and spread, they're rapidly becoming one of the most popular. Hell, sometimes we're sending memes we don't even realize are memes. Now consider this, a study done in- Oh boy, here come the studies. Hey, 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 check it out. POV, when my podcaster starts quoting statistics. You can't see it, but it's a gif of an adorable kitten drifting off to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, I, I wouldn't say it if it didn't matter. So buckle up, will you? Now, as I was saying- a 2018 study by market research firm Ypulse showed that 8 out of 10 millennials and Gen Zers use GIFs and memes to communicate with each other. And over half of them say they send memes multiple times a week or more. Now, I know why I send memes. And usually, I know what someone's trying to do when they send me one. I'm not looking at that. I'm trying to get things going here. Come on. Just one more. It's a good one, I promise. <sighs> Fine. All right. Yeah, sure. Another masterpiece. All right. Chop, chop. Back to work. All right. Now, most times we send memes to make someone else laugh, right? We're all amateur comedians now. But the thing is, every so often, there's something a little more subtle blended into it all. Something we may or may not always be able to see. An ideology, for example, or an underlying point to be made. It's not always there, but you'll find it pretty often if you look. Come to think of it, it's become easy for hidden meaning to, well, hide inside our memes. And why? Because like so many of the best idea delivery systems, on the surface, it's protected by the old shield of, hey, it's just a joke. And that can allow you to get away with a lot. Hey, try not to suck all the fun out of being funny here. People are protective of their little internet pictures. I hear some people even pretend to own them these days. <laughs> so then what is a meme? 
Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, a meme is defined as... <laughs> oh, Lord, no. What are you doing? The dictionary? No, 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 no. Try again. Uh, all right, then. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got it. <laughs> right here. Uh, this is a good time to use what might be considered a meme in the podcasting world, as we'll go back to the beginnings of the whole idea of memes. What, hey, what? Is that you doing that? Yeah, dramatic effect and all that. You do you and I'll do me. Okay, well, the term meme was originally coined in the 1976 book The Selfish Gene, written by evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins, who wanted to have a snappy term that stemmed from the Greek word my meme, which meant imitated thing. You know how they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery? Well, it's also one of the most basic ways human beings learn new things and pass information on. You know, we pick up social cues from each other. We copy trends we see online. Hell, even our senses of style are usually just some form of imitation. <laughs> like those curly-topped Zuma haircuts? Uh, I mean, you decided to bring back the perm? Really? <laughs> Anyways... It seems Dawkins ended up settling on the catchier term meme so it could relate to the idea of genes in the context of evolution. People always love a good rhyme. But his argument was that not only do genetics get passed down from generation to generation, but so do cultural ideas and concepts. Well, I'll just let him speak for himself here in this clip from an interview in 2013. Maybe there's something already here on this planet which is showing the signs of being a kind of forerunner of a new sort of evolution, memes, cultural replicators, the cultural equivalent of a gene, the cultural equivalent of DNA, which is anything that's copied, anything that's imitated, anything that spreads around memes, 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 the cultural equivalent of a gene, gene, gene. <laughs> Check it. I'm making my own memes. Do you mind? I do. Playing regular old sound clips? You've almost filled out the podcast a bingo card already. Right. Well, when it comes to memes, it's not the same kind of vertical inheritance you get with genes. You know how it is. Parents pass their genetics straight down to their offspring. But with cultural ideas of memes, you also get horizontal inheritance, as in people of the same generation spreading ideas to one another. Like when you're at school or you're at work, showing each other the latest hilarious thing, and even diagonal inheritance. Meaning when someone of a previous generation who's not a parent passes ideas along, like a creepy uncle. Memes propagate in a multitude of ways that genetics can't emulate. Imagine you could just pass along your genes to your buddy. <laughs> Twinsies! <laughs> just, no, no. But think about it. Us humans are social creatures, right? Deep down, we all want to connect with, to share with, and relate to other people. Hell, part of the reason why I'm making this podcast is to spread some ideas of my own, vigorously sourced from other people's ideas first, of course, to connect with other listeners as well, and fellow creators, and like pretty much all creators of things to try to fill that empty, formless void in my soul. Hey, keep it light, Danny boy. Light and snappy, big smiles. There you go. Okay, well... According to psychologist and writer Susan Blackmore, a meme can technically be just about anything, as long as it has the ability to be imitated and copied. We're talking about ideas, thoughts, concepts, 
or even our beloved Just a Joke concept. It can be a fashion trend, a catchy song with a fun dance, dumping buckets of ice water on your head for charity, eating laundry pods, trying to flip a half-full water bottle and getting it to land perfectly upright. All technically memes. Chris Rock's sideways pained face beside Will Smith's open palm a split second after impact. You guessed it, a meme. And oh, baby, what a moment in memory that was. I love that. Look at this one. Look, look, look. <laughs> the look on his face. <laughs> and have you seen the song some TikToker made? Yes, I have seen them all. But when it comes to memes, the important factor to remember, the central piece of what makes a meme a meme, is whether it can be copied through imitation. Dawkins stated that in order for a meme to be successful, that is, to be replicated and spread, it has to meet three criteria. First, fidelity, the ability for something to be copied accurately. Second, fecundity. Ugh. God, that is an ugly word. <laughs> right? Literally, it feels disgusting in my mouth. Fecundity. Blech. Well, ugly word or not, fecundity is how many copies can get made. And the third element is longevity, the staying power of the copies being made. In other words, is it long-lasting? Will it stand the test of time? You know, I think I'm starting to get what memes are all about. You see what I'm saying here? All right, all right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, podcast boy. Stay on track. I'm sorry. I know. You're right. But I think if we're going to actually really understand memes right down to their core, even better, we're going to need to, we're going to need to go back once again and... Whoa, 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 what the hell is that? Yeah, sorry. That kicks in when you uh, reuse tropes. Uh, seems you've been deemed hackneyed by the powers that be. Hackneyed? Powers that... What? How am I supposed to set up my next point? I need to establish some context. I'm, I'm just trying to let the listeners know what I'm doing. I... I... I appeal the decision! Object. Say you object. I, I object! Sustained. Wait. Are you, what, are you controlling that? You know, I think the details would just confuse you. Let's keep it moving. All right. Then, like I said, we're going to have to go back again, because what we're really talking about here is language. Memes are about laughs, and they're about communication, the purveyance of ideas and concepts, which makes them, in a way, a language of their own. And like any language, they are imperfect. They can be misused, misconstrued. You ever send someone a text only to find out what you meant to say? Either got misread, misunderstood, maybe the tone didn't come across just right? Oh, sure. Happens to me all the time. Okay, well, I, I wasn't really asking you. I was asking them. But since you decided to chime in, remember when you said a little while back about how words are tricky, especially written words? You know, how they don't always get the job done precisely, and especially not when it comes to letting people know what you really are thinking or feeling. Now, talking, on the other hand, now that's a good way to get things across, especially in person. Yeah, that's where you get all the little subtleties, the body language, the eye contact, the subtle but apparent judgment of other people's shoes. What, you don't like my shoes? As for us, as for this show, we're talking. But see, this is a one-way street being a podcast and all. 
from host to listener with no rebuttals, you know, no back and forth, except for this apparent producer we've got here. It's a carefully written and edited collection of words. There are specific ideas I want you to take in, to understand, and to carry on with you. Hell, maybe even share with others. In a sense, I'm out here trying to create audio memes. Hmm, you know, a thought occurs to me here. A little uh, promotional opportunity, if you will. Memeable meta-advertising content for this first episode. Oh boy, talk about social media engagement. Think of the possibilities. Hmm. I'm skeptical about the concept, yet intrigued at its potential. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be great. We'll hash out the details over the break. Hold on. <clears throat> Hard no, we'll be back with more about memes Whoa, after th- the break. What break? What break? I, and that's my job to read us out for. Do you dream of changing minds? Drawing people to a cause, influencing the very foundation of society itself, we're here to help make those dreams a reality. At Memetics Consulting, we are the industry leader in cognitive behavioral influencing in, in what? a cutting-edge scientific method that we call modern memetic transmission. What is this? At Memetics, we understand the world is complicated. Every day, people all over the world struggle to navigate the social, political, and technological systems that govern us, all while balancing the mundane challenges of day-to-day life. With so much white noise, how do you reach people with an important message? That's where we come in. The modern mimetic messaging space requires a delicate touch, combining engaging, stimulating content with subtle messaging to drive home the humorous, overly simplistic views on complex, deathly serious matters. Wait, no, Don't overthink no. your next advertising campaign by getting bogged down by so-called ethics, accuracy, or common sense. No, no, Let no, no. Max Consulting's highly trained social media influencers saturate the social media landscape for you by providing state-of-the-art comedic gifts that are guaranteed not only to shift public perception by a non-significant percentage point, but negate non-usage of a non-invasive space once used not only by non-influencers, but also never before by the non-influenced. That that doesn't make any sense. Genetics Consulting. Mastering the art of suggestion. (laughs) Now that's what I call dynamic ad insertion. What the hell did she even just say? Hey, hey, get with it. We're back. Keep it going. Uh, uh, All right. As I was saying, whether it's memes, podcasts, or extremely confusing advertisements, passing ideas and tools from one person to the next and from one generation to the next Vertically, horizontally, hexagonically, whatever. It's an essential tool for keeping this whole frozen fireball full of psychotic apes spinning. Again, what we're really talking about here is language. At some point in the course of human evolution, we figured out a way to successfully grunt our ideas across from one person to the next. Then, at some point after that, those grunts were written or carved into symbols that could be spread and passed along. And of course, as time went on, those grunts and symbols became more and more complex, all the way to right here, right now, where millions of us now grunt into microphones to sell trucks and mattresses and subscription boxes of food for those of us too lazy to buy groceries. Look, other species also have some forms of language, although it's usually to communicate basic primitive ideas. You know, it's a lot more, hey, look, food or, oh shit, run for your life. And a lot less, where's this relationship going? 
I just don't feel like we're communicating the way we used to. So then, all right, for people, language at some point had to go from the basics, you know, communicating simple ideas about the necessities of life to the more creative, the more abstract. Language had to be used in a different way, a way that took the elements we had and mixed them together to make something new, something like something like a, 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 a metaphor. That's it. Ah, using a simple metaphor to explain a more complex idea. Podcast bingo! <laughs> I am going to be so rich. Would you quit it? We can imagine that memes are like modern-day metaphors, blending language, images, and even sound to pass along jokes, ideas, or even more subtle, specific perspectives housed in humor. Think about this. During wartime, opposing sides used to try to drop leaflet propaganda to their enemies, you know, to see if they could sow discord, change minds with a piece of paper. Meme warfare, you could call it. Now, anyone can launch an attack on our thought processes while we're sitting on the toilet or waiting for the bus. No need to preach. No need to hand out pamphlets to wave down people's attention. Now the attention is built in. The assault can be overt or innocuous. In other words, it can come from a direct, trusted, verified source or secondhand from your pal at the office. Hell, even your friends and family can be launching a barrage of brain-scrambling ideas at you without even knowing what they're doing. We can drop a metaphor, a loaded, coded piece of language directly into someone's hand at any time. And while they're smirking, giggling, or just blowing a little extra air out of their nose for a moment, they might not even realize that they're at the same time opening their mind to a new idea. Any idea. And if that image, that idea is catchy enough, it starts to move on its own, phone to phone, person to person. It spreads. It spreads like a, like, a, like a virus. Oh, shit. And that's why memes go viral. Oh, man, it's all making sense now. The important question now is, how do we get this podcast to go viral? Spreading like wildfire from person to person, infecting thousands, no, no, millions. Infecting? Uh, I mean, bringing in valued listeners. <laughs> then we turn Blockbuster Mega Hit, sell some high-value pre-roll advertising space, and boom, we all get rich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Whoa, okay. Down boy. Now, look, you know, in a way, this actually reminds me of when I go to therapy. You know, sometimes you need to hear yourself say things out loud just the right way for them to really click like a meme the right idea at the right time presented just the right way can change your mind you just need to be tuned in ready to receive and as our amount of screen time increases day by day year by year so does our exposure to the endless pipeline of memes just waiting to be seen shared imitated and especially with younger generations leading the way <laughs> gotta start them young Hey, 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 look, look. No, 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 not now. I'm on to something here. So that means Dawkins was on the right track about all of this. The modern meme economy fits his idea of truly effective memes. Our memes get shared directly from one person to the next, so nothing gets lost in translation. They spread with high fidelity. Since we don't typically change a meme before we forward it to someone else, that means they have high fecundity too. Ugh. 
That word. I, I know, I know, I know. But because most of the world here has a phone and is connected to the internet, meaning that the number of copies that can be shared out are potentially endless, but, ah, longevity. Now, here's where modern mimetics, yes, that is an actual technical term, but that's where this doesn't meet the Dawkins criteria. Sure, some memes might have more longevity than others. Some TikTok trends or certain GIFs, meme templates from a few years back, still being used. Some live on for long periods. But for the most part, meme longevity is, well, not actually very long. The irony is, when it comes to memes, longevity doesn't seem to matter so much anymore. In fact, for some of its more insidious forms, that is, its more harmful or less truthful forms, the less longevity, the better. Just think about it for a minute. There's this endless fire hose of memes blasting our minds 24-7, millions of new attempts being made every minute of every day by countless people all around the world. Sure, we mostly sift one from the other, have a few laughs, and move on. But is there an angle here we're missing? If memes have become these units of culture, a currency of metaphors and ideas being passed around from one person to the next, then can't they be harmful? Can't they be lies, too? And what are the consequences of all this careless dispersal? Well, obviously, if memes are like language, then of course, memes can be lies, too. Language gets used to lie all the time. Studies suggest people lie multiple times within minutes of meeting someone new. So why would memes be any different in their application? Hey, hey, now, I have been dead honest since the moment we met. I'll have you know. Right. Sure. Now, sometimes the joke really is just a joke. But sometimes it's something more. Now, to me, memes are a more powerful tool than we give them credit for. And like any powerful tool, it stands to reason. Someone out there would start using them to manipulate, obfuscate, and outright lie. Memes have an inherently broad appeal. They can cross cultural and language boundaries. They often incorporate cultural monoliths like a popular TV show or movie. They're ubiquitous and often easy to understand. Ooh, obfuscate, ubiquitous. You know what isn't easy to understand? These big words you're using. Right, yeah, okay, all right. Well, look, when it comes to memes, the more easily understood they are, the more relatable they are, and the more viral they can go. A cultural moment that everyone knows about can become a meme goldmine. Then combine that cultural nugget with, say, a subtly planted seed of a political viewpoint, an offhand joke to get people laughing, and then combine that with widespread internet access, social media, untold numbers of online communities. In other words, an unregulated Wild West web of content. And you have yourself a golden age of misinformation. Jokes can become ideologies, can become legislation, can become the reality we live in itself. Dramatic? Maybe. But maybe it's because we haven't actually put a lens to this part of modern culture. Hell, I could have done a whole podcast series just about memes alone. Nah, 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 you had your chance. Now settle down for a moment. We've got another dynamic ad insert. What? No, no, no. Remember, scumbag Steve? We do. Remember, Pippi? Before he got all racist? We do. Remember when a chubby cheek kid pumping his fist was the utmost in internet celebration? We sure as hell do. Introducing the Fred F Meme 5000. 
With seven and a half dual Hemi horse infused thunder drum engines, you'll be combusting all over this muddy, hypersexualized road. This ain't your millennial grandson's meme machine. This one's for the old dogs who don't learn new tricks. For the ones who were always just the right amount of crazy. For the ones who drink triple X moonshine from a jug at 2.30 in the goddamn afternoon because I said so, that's why. For the ones who remember a time when the beer was cold, the men were tough, and the memes were simple. The Fred F. Meme 5000 in loving memory of America. Well, that was motivating, if I may proceed with the episode, Commander. Let me just give you a bit more context about memes and their spread. You ever heard of a thing called country ball? I have not. Not you. Again, them, the listeners. Yeah, but they don't talk back. You know, I feel like you're not including me here. But fine, fine. I'll just scroll away over here then. In September 2009, on the German message board site Krautchan, a German version of the well-known cultural cesspool, we'll call it, that is 4chan, one user engaging in your standard brand of casual nationalistic racism was taking jabs at the broken English of a Polish user. In the process, he began drawing up comic strips with little balls bearing the flags of different countries. You may have seen these before. And before long, Poland ball, also known as country ball, as it later became known, was spreading like crazy. Known for emphasizing the basis cultural and national stereotypes of each country on display, the comics used bastardized English and crude spelling, and most importantly, couched their particular nationalistic flavor of offensiveness in the old, it's just for jokes mentality. And then, the line between joke, stereotype, and truth became irrevocably blurred. After all, was it really true that Poland could not into space? Does it matter? Hey, look, we're all just here for a laugh. Ah, it's not that serious, Danny boy. Damn, people are so sensitive these days. Can't take a joke. Eight years later, and Country Ball had become widespread across the internet. The Poland Ball page alone on Facebook was up to over 400,000 likes, with dozens of other dedicated Country Ball pages, from niche balls... <laughs> niche balls. <laughs> ...all the way to things like Christianity Ball. Ah, religion. The original meme. The Poland Ball subreddit now has over 630,000 subscribers on Reddit, nearly double its approximately 350,000 in 2017. Keep in mind, we're talking about a bunch of crudely drawn circles with national flags colored on. That's all it takes. The birth of a meme, which is now spread across hundreds of thousands of human minds. It has fidelity, a distinct and recognizable style, and apparently a strict set of design rules with an authoritarian level of enforcement from its moderators. It has fecundity. It spreads en masse with a momentum all its own. And most alarmingly, considering the subject matter, this one actually has longevity too. Clearly, considering Country Ball has been going on strong, even growing for well over a decade now. So, is this necessarily nefarious? Ah, alliteration, I like it. And the potential future podcast title. <sighs> necessarily nefarious. 
Hmm. Stories of people doing bad things for the right reasons. That's actually not a bad idea. But look, it's worth noting. The initial premise of Country Ball was about highlighting the stereotypes of virtually any nation. The good and the bad. Perhaps not problematic in its intent. You know, that whole, if we can all laugh at each other and ourselves, then the world will finally heal kind of way. Moderators of the Poland Ball subreddit maintain that their primary goal is simply to provide content that is, quote, high quality and funny, regardless of underlying suggestions in the subject matter. And the recent uptick in subscribers and comic contributions does also coincide with the boom of politically charged xenophobic content on the internet as a whole since the infamous 2016 presidential election. Ah, the grand Cheeto. Talk about the golden age of content. And according to those same moderators, when there is more news, there are more comic submissions. Correlation? Causation? Or, hey, maybe it truly is just a joke. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is just jokes. But what about the more overt political content creators? You know, the meme lords or whatever they want to call themselves. You know, the ones with the unapologetic extremist slants, like the ones that use memes to dunk on people losing their human rights. There are more and more reports in the past few years of far-right and alt-right internet personalities harnessing the power of memes to spread a broader, more insidious ideology. Using those same deeply psychological mimetic concepts of Dawkins and Blackmore we touched on earlier. Hell, I even remember myself as an example. Ten plus years ago, I was a casual 4chan reader too. You know, another middle-class white kid laughing my ass off at a slew of classic memes and jokes, most in very poor taste. Like when the communal power of 4chan managed to push through a winning submission called, quote, Hitler did nothing wrong as Mountain Dew's new flavor of 2012. It didn't make it to the store shelf, surprisingly. But that's what you get for putting naming power in the hands of the internet. And that was over 10 years ago. Before the online boom that has given us the behemoth that we have now. Just a joke, Danny boy. Come on, where's that winning sense of humor? And yet, a decade later, with white supremacy and Nazi ideologies inexplicably growing in popularity once more, particularly amongst the meme-loving younger generations, well, I admit, I guess I'm feeling a slight sense of worry and a slight sense of skepticism at the idea of memes themselves. Look, I'd like to sit here and think that truth will prevail, but history shows that it often doesn't. Numerous studies have shown that a fake story gets shared more and spreads further than a correction to that same story. Sensational content does better, builds more engagement, reality be damned. More and more, it seems that we, well, want to be lied to. But this isn't really anything new. It's fundamentally human. In the 1920s, a researcher named Margaret Mead traveled to Samoa, studied the local culture, and published her findings in a book detailing the sexual habits of young Samoan girls. Then this book became the consensus in the Western world on that culture's habits for decades. That is, until an anthropologist named Derek Freeman discovered that the information Mead had been given was in fact just the local screwing with an outsider who had come to observe them. The lie had become truth. Better yet, the jokes became the facts to who knows how many people for how long. When you're being bombarded with information and memes all day in endless amounts, it's not like people have the time or energy to fact check while they're just trying to get through their own lives. 
But why do certain pieces of information spread better than others? Why do some memes win out while others fizzle into obscurity? Well, emotional appeal matters. A political meme that boils your blood, that hits on a nerve, is going to motivate you to share, respond, engage. In his book titled Virus of the Mind, programmer, and actually one of the original creators of Microsoft Word, Richard Brody, states, Memes that deal with food, sex, and power are the most successful since they touch on the deepest aspects of our evolutionary behaviors and the deepest parts of ourselves. Emotional appeals, political biases, belief systems, even common cultural interests form the basis of meme creation and spread. I watch the latest episode of a show, and a minute later I can take in hundreds of tweets in an instant. Zendaya is such a mood this episode of Euphoria, oh my god. Even as a sports fan, nearly every tweet, every story, every highlight is accompanied by the same bland snippets of replies, comments, and memeable hot takes. Oh man, LeBron is so trash, Steph Curry's better, it's Lakers season bro, 2023 champs, and so on and on and on and on for eternity. A fire hose of unstoppable media washing over us every minute of every day until the very essence of our being has been diluted down to a... Hey, 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 whoa, 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 getting carried away here. Um, let's, uh, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors again. Uh... Hey, kids, what are you playing there? Grand Theft Auto. We're bored. They haven't made a new one in a decade. Well, guess what? I've got a brand new game right here. Uh, we're not supposed to take games from strangers. <laughs> That's good thinking, Billy. But you are supposed to when the game is Meme It! From Memetel Industries. Introducing Meme It! The game that's meant to be played with strangers every day, everywhere you go. Have a thought? Meme it! Watch a show? Meme it! Hate a race? Meme it! The goal? Distract your opponent with side-splitting laughter, then insert your opinion card in their brain bank before the doomsday timer strikes midnight. It's a dystopian, disinformational delight! With its state-of-the-art handheld interface, it's the game you play with everyone, everywhere, all the time, whether you like it or not! Remember, kids, if it happened, meme it! May not provide actual delight. Side effects include tunnel vision, loss of space-time, echo chamberitis, and increased appetite for destruction. Mimitel Industries is not responsible for ensuing racism, ignorance, or alt-right behavior resulting from over-memory. Okay, now, regroup. This is good stuff, Danny boy. A little macabre, but good, good. And, uh, hey, hey, tick-tock here, champ. Uh, we're almost there. Now bring it home, okay? <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Common interests create online communities. We follow people who think like us, who vote the same way, who like the same teams and the same shows, who view the world the same way we do. When those people share memes that appeal to our politics, our biases, our cultural tastes, we feel compelled to share them out, further relating to others in our bubbles. Memes foster a sense of social engagement, of belonging. They feed the echo chamber. They feed on our very human need to feel heard, validated, understood. And when they provide us with that feeling, the memes essentially create a loop. They feed on themselves. Just one last thing, an idea Blackmore called mimetic altruism. Basically, if you're a leader or someone who is idolized, idealized, or even just followed online, 
people want to be like you. It's pretty obvious, right? We're all a little hypnotized by fame. But how does it relate to memes? Well, like it or not, we live in an age of celebrity. The influencer, the content creator, the cult of personality. It's everywhere we look. Verified on Twitter with a widespread media career? Perfect conditions to gain followers. Spread memes. Influence the cultural mindset of a mass group of people. Relate with others. Be liked. Spread ideas. Sounds like a good way to operate as a podcaster. <laughs> Am I right? Y yeah. You're actually a little right. And whether you even noticed it happening, time passes and then, you know, you simply cannot stand some other group of people that maybe you never thought about so much before. The other teams, that other political party, the people who are from a different city, state, country, have different beliefs or different skin tones. Maybe you never really noticed all these issues with them before, but now, hey, now you've learned so much and your newfound communities help you feel vindicated. You're not wrong. Look how many people agree with you. Slowly, slowly it starts to make sense. You know, we live in the most dense informational period in history. Let's face it. Unless you make a concerted effort to unplug, to live outside the common culture of this world and accept the potential detachment from other people that comes with it, you, me, all of us, We'll have to learn to navigate this mimetic overload. On one hand, they're just jokes, sure, yeah. But I think that what we're discovering is they're not always, not really. The very concept of memes was being studied long before the internet was anywhere near as commonly used, and decades before social media came along and became what it is now. Susan Blackmore's The Meme Machine was published in 1999. Richard Dawkins coined the term and hypothesize all of its frightening potential in the 1970s. We are bombarded endlessly by memes in the form of news, GIFs, ads, TikToks, and Instagram reels, opinion pieces, tweets, and comics, and content, content, and more content, and- Oh boy, you, you better slow down. I'm, uh, I'm getting a little turned on over here. Look, we all love a joke. Lord knows I do. And memes are just that, jokes. But like most jokes- they can be a vehicle for truth or for lies. They can be, and it seems more and more likely that they have been weaponized to sway hearts and minds in the guise of entertainment. In between the laughs, memes are reshaping our culture, our conscience. They are slowly, surely altering who we are and the world we're building. And we're playing ball. We're all the culprits and we're all the victims. It's worth asking. What have we done here? What kind of informational landscape are we creating all around us? What terrible density is filling our lives, filling our minds? Is there any going back? Blackmore suggested that who we are is essentially a mashup of all we know. The collection of memes we carry with us, the ones that have the most appeal to us, that have the highest fidelity and fecundity. What you allow yourself to take in becomes part of how you see the world, of how you navigate it. Our parents or guardians raise us, our teachers educate us, and our culture sends a barrage of ideas and concepts at us with an unrelenting volume. I'm just a mashup of everything I've been taught, and that's passed through my brain. So are you. So are your parents, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, everyone you know. Our ideas of self, 
our beliefs, our worldview, it's all made up of what we think we know, what we believe, and what other people can influence us to believe. The memes we take in, maybe they're just simple pictures, simple words, symbolic grunts we carve into the wall. But under the surface, they're filled with meaningful cultural ideas, concepts, beliefs. Over time, they make up who we are and what we stand for. And in the end, they become us. I'm starting to think we should have just made this episode a gif after all. to uh see me sir yes status report uh well the first episode is recorded edited and pressed for release mm-hmm. and how is your little host performing so far uh good yeah real real good sir he uh fits the bill we're looking for of course he's a bit uh naive he seems pretty locked in on this idea of objective truth Mm, yes naturally and is there any indication that he knows about you? Uh, no, sir, none. To be fair, he, he doesn't know much of anything beyond what he researches and writes. But he is eager to learn. That's good. Very good. Then let us continue to teach him. Hard No is written and produced by Dan Felton and David Felton. Original music was produced by David Felton. Find more of his work at dfeltmusic on Instagram. Hard No's artwork was created by the talented Q, who you can find at the Mighty Q Works on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks this episode to Shannon Hull. Find Shannon on her podcast right in front of my face wherever you get your podcasts. And to Jeff Feitner, who's on the socials at Fight Pro and has all of your podcast production needs at fightpro.com. To follow Hard No on social media, follow at Disinformed Dan on Twitter and Instagram. Additional notes and sources can be found at disinformed.ca slash hard no. Questions, comments, and concerns? Email me at dan at disinformed.ca. And if you like what you hear, pass it on. And thank you for listening. <laughs>